Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Home Wrecker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, and I'm joined by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing. I love your smile, too. Oh, thank you. My trophy wife, <laughs> Monique. How are you? Hey, yeah, I'm hey. good. Hey, now. All right. So, what's new with you this week? Too too much is different. Still being good, behaving. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of the food I eat. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Gonna say behaving. All right. Would, would you normally not behave? I, I don't get in trouble otherwise. <laughs> elsewise, <laughs> other than food. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. How have your morning walks been going? They've been going very well. Uh, people still littering makes me sad, but. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Haven't seen much wildlife, but that's okay. I, I'm kind of past that I need wildlife to get up early in the morning and go for a walk, and now <laughs> I just enjoy it. Now it's just kind of becoming more of a routine for yes. you. That's good. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's half the battle right there. It's once you get past that initial having to get up and, oh, I got to get up. I got out of bed. I got to put my shoes on. I got to go Getting for a walk. Getting out of bed. get out of the house. And blah. Yeah. No, no I, that's I'm not. That's not the hard part. Oh, all right. Well, I know it is for a lot of people. True. At least that's what people say is is the difficult thing for them. I don't know. I mean, for me, myself, it's not difficult. Here's the trick for getting out of bed. When you wake up and you don't want to get out of bed, just pull the covers off of you. And then just put one foot on the floor. Then put the second foot on the floor. Pull yourself up and stand up and boom, you're out of bed. Wow, that's groundbreaking advice. Yeah. Look at that. Uh Look at that. I'm yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah, you're you're brilliant. <laughs> um, all right. Cause I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see people working in just mixed together. Cause I don't have to work. I just have to jiggle. Cause I'm blonde. Cause I'm a blonde. Cause I wish you were me. Jeez. <laughs> that's <laughs> a blast. That's a blast from the past. <laughs> Now, oh, well, I remember she was in Clueless back in the 90s. She was in Clueless? Yeah, she was the gym teacher. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Speaking of that, what happened to the, well, what's her name? Don't tell me. Alicia Silverstone. What happened to her? She's, She's still like around? She's vegan and feeds her kid her baby. She was like feeding her baby like a mama bird or something. She'd like chew it and put it in their mouth. I don't know, something crazy like what that. What the hell are you talking about? Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, she like went vegan. What does that have to do with movies? And, I don't know. Like, that's I'm the asking, last thing I heard well, that's what about. I'm, okay, maybe I wasn't clear enough. That What's she up to as far as know. movies? Has she met in any she movies, was, TV I shows, anything The like last that? thing I know is Scooby-Doo Mo- 2, Monsters Unleashed. So that is was that, a while ago. Is that a live action movie? Yeah. She was in was, Scooby-Doo 2? Yeah. The <laughs> Scooby-Doo second 2? live action movie. Oh, Okay. Hey, I know my Scooby-Doo's. No, I know. I'm just, I'm trying to think because I know that our kids watched that recently. It was on, I see, that's the thing. I never yeah, pay guys, attention. Yeah, guys, spoilers. She was the bad guy. Okay. All right. Spoilers. Yeah. It, the movie is like, what, 10 years old? <laughs> 15 years know. old, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. Well, Alicia Silverstone. I remember her in the movie, what was it, The Crush? Yes. Where she was like, a, I think she was like a high school student or something. Wasn't it Carrie Elways? Yes. That was the uh, the main character. Well, yeah. aside from her, because I love that guy, so I watched the movie and I'm like, eh, it's okay. He's he's good in stuff like The Princess Bride, Psych, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, best movie, Robin I mean, Hood Men in Tights. Love that movie. <laughs> that's 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 the kind of stuff that I like him in. Back, I, yeah, here I go. Back when my parents owned a video store, I used to watch that movie so much when it came out. I loved Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> Oh, because Mel Brooks movies are awesome. I mean, come on. And so, like, I'd sing like all the songs from Men in Tights. It was it was fun. Wow. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got to do like a Mel Brooks marathon sometime soon. We keep saying, oh, we got to do a show about this movie, oh, like yeah. this group of movies. Yes, oh. it, it's on our to do list. Oh. We have plenty of time to get these done. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Let us know. What do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear Kevin Smith? movies do you want to hear mel brooks movies like what do you guys want to hear us talk about let us know well we we recently watched what would we do we did clerks did we do the first clerks or did we just jump to mall rats and dog we did clerks 
we did do the first clerks. Dogma because I love Dogma. I've always loved that movie. That is and a good movie. Yeah. You can't find it anywhere because. Okay, yeah. Tell that story because you you kind of you sort of kind of told me, or maybe I was sort of kind of listening. So Kevin <laughs> Smith, somebody posted something on Twitter about Dogma, and Kevin Smith mentioned how you'll never see it streaming because um, the Merrimax dudes. Weinstein's the Wine, wine, yeah. The I was like Harvey the pervert Weinstein guy and his brother. And his brother, right? Yes, I don't they I his brother's own name. the movie. Oh, so they own the rights to it and everything. Yeah, and okay. that's why you'll never find it streaming. Fortunately, but don't they have other movies that they own that stream, like Goodwill Hunting? I thought that was a Weinstein movie. I don't know. All right, I'm not sure. Well, I guess I'm not up on the politics of yeah. movies and streaming and things. But lucky for us, I own the DVD. Well, yeah. I guess we own it. I owned it, and then we got together and yes. got married. Now we, we own it together because yes. that's marriage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's marriage. The, the, Sharing the, your DVDs the, with your the spouse. The dual ownership of DVDs. Remember when we like had to go through all of our movies and we had so many of the we had same so movies? many of the same movies. We had to get rid of a bunch. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of them we still kept like one of each copy, or we'd have like VHS and DVDs. Yeah, and we kept one of each. Yeah, we have like VHS copies of some movies, some and then awesome we have movies. the DVDs, and then eventually we upgraded to Blu-ray, and pretty soon we're gonna have to upgrade some of those to 4K. Yeah, just because, and I think we most of our stuff we now have streaming most of it. Mm-hmm. But, but not dogma. No, dogma's not there. No. You know, the other thing, we're going off in a million different That's standards okay. here, but whatever. With streaming stuff, they don't have like all the deleted scenes and extras on a lot of a lot of movies and TV shows. For example, we watched recently, we went through uh, about what, four or five months back, we watched Warehouse 13. Yes. That's streaming, but you don't have like the deleted scenes and stuff like that when mm-hmm. you when you stream it. As I've said before, I like tangible things. So if we're going to get a movie, I want to get it on DVD or Blu-ray, whatever it is, because I want that tangible item. Then we can upload it so we can stream it as well. So we don't have to like put it in the DVD player, but I still want that tangible item. Yeah. See, I I feel the same way. If If I, years ago, I used to, if there was a movie I liked, I'd buy it. Now I have to really like the movie or really want to see it really bad in order to buy a copy of it. We had so many DVDs, and we we eventually started getting rid of some, kind of weeding out the movies. We didn't really care all that much about whatever, but I made sure to get them streaming first. So we'd always have some kind of a copy of it. But you know, as you get Most older, you, you try can get to, online for free. But it's, now, now you, yeah, I mean, yeah. now if you know where to look, you can get anything online for free yeah, if you know where to I look. I guess, but it comes down to I think that my advice is if you really like a movie. Get it while you can on the format you want it on uh, that's tangible, like a DVD or Blu-ray, yeah. because you don't know if anything that could ha- could happen to it that it won't be streaming anymore, won't be available online. Yeah, yeah, very true. And I mean, how long... Like a dogma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, m- mic drop. <laughs> the, the face you made was a, it was a total <laughs> mic drop moment. Like, look at dogma, boom. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. And that's, that's kind of the thing too. It's kind of scary. I think there was, what was the, there was something that they just initially, they just recently banned like all versions of it. Was it a family guy episode or something like that? Or no, no, it was, they're always banning. It was, it was the Simpsons. It was like an episode of the Simpsons that they, they banned for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but somebody was offended about something. God forbid somebody gets offended. Yeah, Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, that was, uh. And I guess now, like, the only way you can see a specific episode or series of episodes or something is if you owned the initial DVD version of it. Now, it's coming It's coming to my head. I remember I want to say it was you the mentioned Simpsons. this, but was I can't remember Simpsons? what it was. I don't know. I want to say it was The Simpsons, but I, I could be wrong. If so, you know, let us know. Yeah. So, I apologize if I'm wrong, but I want to say, we'll say it was The Simpsons. Okay? We'll go with that. And all new copies of that particular season of the simpsons are not going to have that particular episode available any episode any version of it that was online like on youtube or anything like that was erased or wiped out because people made noise about something quote-unquote offensive let's erase history because somebody got offended yeah right you know what happened when i was a kid i used to get bullied and i used to get offended by stuff but you know what i just kept doing my own thing i made it i didn't make it my problem oh yeah what they said sucked I didn't like it, but I'm not going to make it my problem. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Well, I think 
I, I mean, geez, this, we could talk for hours about this kind of stuff, but keeping it short, as short as possible anyway, in today's culture, it's like everybody's got a voice, which is fine. It's great in one aspect, but for whatever reason, it's the the people that make decisions, the people in key places that make decisions like, oh, we're going to ban this DVD now, whatever. They listen to a very vocal minority because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the majority of people think this stuff is bullshit and they keep their mouths shut because they just don't feel like putting up with the fucking loud assholes that are going to come after them if they offend them, quote unquote, offend them. That's my opinion. Yeah. But honestly, it's... I think it's it's not just an opinion. That's fact because more people, most people, would rather not deal with the hassle, and that's why so much of this shit happens because people are just like whatever. Like I got more important shit to worry yeah. about. I got fucking kids. I got a job. I got bills to pay. I don't give a shit if they ban The Simpsons. But that's the that's the thing that sucks is these things that we grew up on, these things that we love, that we hold dear because they're part of our history, our pop culture, mm-hmm. our memories. They, they slowly get stripped away and it's, I hate to say it, but it's death by a thousand cuts because you allow little things like this to happen and eventually, you know, one day you're going to wake up 50 years from now and you'll be like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. What happened? Well, you know, I was going to make my positive thought about something else, but I think I want to put out a different positive thought. Ooh, calling off, an audible, yeah, changing it. I based like off it. what we've been talking about because... How can you stay positive when you're surrounded by negativity? Whether it really is that or that's just what you're perceiving it as. It's a good question. I think the goal is to, like I said that I did, just ignore it. Somebody's being an asshole. Let that be their problem, not yours. So yeah, it's something that could be offensive. That's their problem, not yours. Take the higher road. And stay positive. If, if somebody says something that you find offensive, don't even let it be water off a duck's back to you. Because one, don't give them the satisfaction of showing that you're offended. And two, inside of yourself, when you hold on to those negative feelings, it festers and it grows and it just creates more negativity. So let it go and just think positive positive. And keep doing your thing and stay positive and don't let other people's comments bother you. If anything, let it light a fire inside of you to become better, stronger, whatever. But don't let it become negative. I think that's good advice. Thank you. I like that thought. Thank you. I got Kanye West stronger in my head now. I don't know that song. I know you don't. <laughs> I, sorry, I don't know any Kanye West. Wait, wait isn't his name Ye now? No, Ye, Ye, Ye? Yeezy. He has sneakers. What? I don't know. Yeezys, I think. I don't know. All I right, can't see, afford I'm, them. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not cool enough to know, I guess. That's okay. I'll keep my converse. Chuck Taylor All-Stars. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. All right. This week, what are we talking about? I think we should go back to wrestling. You want to talk more wrestling this yeah. week? Yeah. All right. What do you we want to talk about? We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we haven't talked wrestling in a while. And for anybody that's new to the show, that's the world that I came from. Uh, I was a professional wrestler for many, many years. How many years was I wrestling? I can't even off the top of my head. Let me think. Uh, 20? Uh, sure. Yeah, about 20, I guess. Well, wait, when did I start? I don't know. I, I got think trained I was like in 96. Still in high school. Oh, so be, I was still in high school, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got trained in 96, and I wrestled actively till about 2013, and then I came back for a match in 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, I in between know. our babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you count that as... 20 year mm. wrestling career by me I've always in one way or another been somewhat involved yeah whether it's giving advice giving advice or yeah helping train people here like and there 20 plus years yeah I guess so yeah so anyway yeah that's the world that I came from that's how I met my beautiful gorgeous trophy wife yay for me 
Yay for me. So yeah, we'll 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 talk some wrestling this week. What what uh, what do you want to talk about? I think we should reminisce a bit. Reminisce. Yeah. About what the like the seventies and eighties of glory days of professional wrestling. What do you want to reminisce about? I was thinking. I like some of your Puerto Rico stories, and I wanted to hear some you, of those. You want to hear my stories? But oh. before we get into Puerto Rico, I uh-huh. just thought it might be fun to share one of our favorite memories of working together wrestling. Because okay. granted, it was a short window. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's true. So you were my, what they call a valet. I was your trophy wife. Well, yes. Which I just want to clarify for anybody listening, or everybody listening, I was your trophy wife before it became a thing in wrestling that we were doing. Right. Correct. Yeah. You were my, my valet for, what was it? About a year and a half. Was it that long? Something like that. Was it longer than that? I don't remember. I stopped because I got pregnant. Yeah, that's right. So it knocked me up. (laughs) It it, it happens. So yeah, about a year and a half. And then, uh, so you want to talk about a favorite memory from that? Yeah, from working together. All right. Well, give me, give me, give me your favorite memory of us working together. You might in, think in it's wrestling. lame. Okay, yes. you might think it's lame, but there was something about that moment that just like it put me in awe, and I just what moment? Was the, this moment just now? The one? No, the one that I'm going to talk oh, oh, about. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> you give me a look like what's wrong <laughs> with this guy? Idiot? No. Wow. <laughs> I'm All joking. Right. Okay. It was at the PAV. PAV is a building in, in, Lowell, in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes. Yes. So it was at the PAV. The Polish American Veterans Club in Lowell, Mass, where Chaotic Wrestling ran a lot of shows. Which I found out just got knocked down. Yeah. It's crazy. I about that. I know. Anyhow, sorry. Go ahead. And we were doing a spot where I jump on the apron to go do something, getting in the way like normal, and you basically go hit the ropes. You don't see me, and I take a bump off the apron. And you were going to come over and help kind of pick me up. You weren't going to actually pick me up. But like put your arm around me and I was going to limp out. Well, we're doing the show. We're doing the match. I get up on the apron. I take the bump. And then you realize what's going on and you come out. And then you you just don't help me up. You picked me up. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. And you carried me out to the back. And I don't know what it was, but I just, I'm like, that's my man and I was just like it was so romantic even though given what we were doing and you're like berating me for like getting in the way but just like the me inside was just like he's picking me up and carrying me (laughs) and I just thought that was the sweetest thing because I've never had guys like pick me up and carry me like this big strong man I guess I dated wusses before but nobody ever did that and I just thought that that was so romantic all right, <laughs> yeah i i I know what I know what you're talking about. I remember the whole the whole deal. Uh, I ran into you, bumped you off yeah. of the apron, and like I was you, in like fell, six or nine inch heels. Yeah, like you fell off the apron, and you were were making it so that you looked like I you were hurt. hurt. And I came out to check on you, but I was pissed because you got in the way or whatever. Because I'm I was a I was a bad guy. I was a heel, as they say in wrestling. For our non-wrestling fan listeners. I was the Miss Elizabeth to your Randy Savage. <laughs> sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I came down and I think, I know I was supposed to, we talked about that I was just going to put your arm over my yeah. shoulder and kind of help we you gonna, in the back. I and was going to limp to the back. And I, I want to say I came out to check on you and some, it was like a fan or something. I want to say it was a fan yelled something that I got, it pissed me off. And I normally, I Again, it's all I, I'm. It's a character. I'm playing a character. Obviously, it's not the real how I really am. How oh, I really breaking kayfabe here. No, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Somebody said something for whatever reason. It got under my skin, and it just made me really aggravated. So, in my anger and my rage, I just picked you up because I was just so mad. <laughs> like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I guess. Sure, that's a good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. The only thing I can remember is, I don't know what they said, but it was something that really got under my skin and made me just aggravated. And uh, it was just the anger. I couldn't punch anything. So I had to, I, I just picked you up and was pissed. Uh, no, it was like a security guard or something like that. One of the quote unquote security guards was coming over to check on you or something. And it, for some reason, it got me pissed 
that's because what it, nobody should have been coming over that, and checking on that, me. That's what it was. Like somebody because I don't know if we Because I did such a good job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Can't pat, give me any pat, credit. Pat yourself on the back a little more. Yeah, there you go. I think that I think the mic might have picked that up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanna say yeah, I think that's what it was. Like somebody was coming over and like checking on you or, or touching you or something. I'm in the mindset at that point that nobody touches my woman, nobody that, you know, because That's right. right, exactly. But especially being in character, it, it set me off. And the, and a fan did say something that also set me off. And it was like the, the combination, I just got angry and I just had, I just, I remember just like deadlifting and just picking you up. Yeah, I had no idea. And I'm just like, oh, I'm off the ground now. Okay. Yeah, like you didn't get help me at all. It was I just, so like <laughs> officer and a gentleman just, just like <laughs> picking me up and walking away. That's right. Yeah. And I just, and I picked you up and, and carried you out and I was pissed. <laughs> I remember, I remember just being like just angry and, and it did, it, I didn't even, you didn't feel heavy. You didn't feel, you're not heavy anyway, but it was like just one of those things. I just, uh, and I remember, I think I might have pie-faced the kid or the guy that was helping you or coming to check on you or something i just i could be off on that this might just might be how i'm remembering it but i remember being aggravated that he was like touching you and in my in the mindset that i was in being in character i was just like fuck away from my my woman you know that's right I'm try I'm, I'm trying to be more aware of my swearing i'm trying not to swear as much so but anyway so i apologize apologize for that one but anyway uh yeah and so that's that's kind of the story there. And meanwhile, I'm just staring at him lovingly, like trying to look like, oh, I'm hurt. And he's berating me and trying to go along with it. But inside, yeah. I'm just like looking at him like, oh, I am so in love with this man. <laughs> so in love with this man who's berating me in front of everybody. Yeah. But yeah, it's all a show. All a show. Exactly. And you did a really good job that night. Thank you. Absolutely. That's how I know I did a good job is if you told me that I did a good job, then it was true because you were brutally honest and if something yeah. didn't look good, you would let me know. Well, yeah. I mean, with with stuff like that, especially with professional wrestling, if something doesn't look good, it takes the audience out of it because the whole point of it is, the, the point of good professional wrestling anyway, in my view, because again, it's like ice cream. There's so many different flavors of it. I'm sure people have heard that analogy before, especially wrestling fans, but... Now I want ice cream. Yeah, right. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, no, you don't. no ice cream. Stop it. The whole point is you want to make everything look as good and as believable as possible because just like in a movie, you don't want to see the boom mic, you know, coming down over the actors as they're reciting their lines. You don't want to see the, you know, another cameraman getting in, getting into the shot or, or something like that, you know, during a lightsaber scene in Star Wars that'll kind of take you out of the movie, mm-hmm. right? You know what you're watching is not real. It's it's a show, but you still want to suspend your disbelief. So, yeah, I, I was brutally honest. I still am brutally honest. If I think something's not good, I'm going to say it because especially for people that are trying to break into the pro wrestling business or are in it but are trying to make it to that next level, I think it's very important that they're told the truth. Yeah, No, this is not – that doesn't look good. Your punches suck. Your forearms look weak. Your kicks look weak. Whatever. Whatever the case may be. Or, you know, you did that dive for no reason. Like, why'd you do that? That doesn't, that made no sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was always brutally honest and still am because I really love the art form that pro wrestling is. And I think it needs to be, it needs to stay sacred in that way. It needs to be protected. Yes, there are different things and different styles and different promotions that do different things, but ultimately the ones that get the best reaction are the ones that really allow the fans who know, especially nowadays with the internet and everything being so open, everybody knows that what they're watching is a show. It's There's no question about it. But if you're good enough that you can remove any of that doubt that people have and, and the way to do that now is by making your stuff look as real and believable as possible. Not choreographed, not smooth like, oh, those guys are smooth. They can do a million things in a row and blah, blah, blah. And it looks so, no, not that. That's That doesn't look real. Watch UFC if you want to see what real is, right? Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff can look pretty amazing, but it's real. That's 
so yes anyway brutally honest because i care about pro wrestling i'd say it's my first passion it's my first love so yeah I, i was brutally honest so when i did give compliments which were few and far between whoever got that compliment earned it yeah. And that's also the kind of the, the school that I came from too because one of the guys that helped to, to really mold and shape me as I got into wrestling was my best friend, uh, was Steve Bradley. And he didn't give out compliments unless you earned them. And I don't think he put me over until four or five years in the business is when he finally actually gave me like a, like a, a compliment that meant something to me. So that was kind of how I was brought in, but I it made me respect the business. It made me work really hard to get, you know, part of me was it was to get that approval from Steve because I looked up to him so much, and because again he was my my closest friend. But I think, especially with with culture as a whole, again we always go back to that. But where everybody now, everybody's got to get a participation trophy and that kind of bullshit. You see it seeping into different areas and different things like pro wrestling. I don't know what the hell is going on with wrestling nowadays, but it's, yes, it evolves just like anything else, of course. But there's, I think there's still some of it that it can be salvaged. It can be saved. It can be. I don't want to say what it once was because you never want to go backwards. But I, th- I feel like it can be stronger than what it is. It just needs to have that. Maybe it just needs to evolve back to that point. I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the, ath- the athleticism nowadays is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I can't do any of the stuff these guys are doing. There's no way. And I nor would I want to. But I feel like sometimes but, watching wrestling, it's like too much too many flippy-doos and stuff like that, and it's so elevated that it's like, uh, you know, things that used to be somebody's finishing move, you do 10 times and they're still not down now. So, And I know we've kind of talked about this stuff before, but I don't know. I like one of the things I enjoyed about watching you wrestle. It was simpler. It, you were able to just tell your story. It was simple but very enjoyable. It was fun. You're not biased or anything. <laughs> I'm totally biased, but, but I always look at wrestling as a fan. Yeah, well, I mean, and and I, even the people in it should look at it that way as well because for the most part, if you got into the pro wrestling business, and I say for the most part because there are people that get into it not because they were a fan but because it was a business opportunity or whatever, you should look at it as a fan because why did you get in it? That was the whole reason that I got into wrestling is because I was a fan and I loved feeling the emotions that I felt watching the 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 good guys, the bad guys, all the guys on TV that I watched, I loved the way I felt, how excited I would get, how angry I would get. I mean, they sucked me in with, you know, and, and you could look back at some of the stuff that I grew up on and go, oh, it's hokey and this and that. And, you know, compared to the stuff they do nowadays, yeah, maybe some of the stuff was hokey, but capturing the imagination, capturing the emotion and, and really getting you to believe what was being presented to you that that's what I always that was always my goal was to do that to give that to people that were watching me I wanted to make them feel the way that I felt when I was growing up watching wrestling and when I was a fan anyway <laughs> getting back to what we were originally talking about yeah I gave you a compliment because you deserved it that was one of the things that I would always like when we would work together is I just wanted to make you proud if you were proud of me at the end of the night, because you thought I did a good job, I was happy. Because I knew if, if you were happy, then it was everyone else was probably happy too. Because you are very hard to please. Yeah. Well. But that's okay. We, uh, we have a high standard here <laughs> yeah. in the Arion household. Yes. Yes, that's right. So that was your favorite memory of us working together? Yeah. Now you're going to ask me for one of my favorite memories? I know there's so many. Because there's a million. That's the right answer, right? Yeah. There's a million. I can't just pick one. Because you cherish every uh, moment with me. Yes, exactly. That that one does stick out. Was that the one? Was that the match that I got my nose busted open to? No, because I was wearing a different dress that night. Okay. You know, you know my dresses. Because <laughs> I know, I remember what I was wearing for everything. Okay. That night, I had on like a tight black dress with my nude 
super high heels that like strapped around the ankle. The night you got your nose broken, that might have been a cold fury because I was wearing like my old, my 50s tight black dress, a totally different type black dress. But I had different shoes too. They weren't as high of heels. Okay. See, I can't remember what I wore yesterday. You remember what you wore for each wrestling match. I do. Wow. All right. Because I didn't like to wear the same thing. I always wanted to wear something different. Okay. Well, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll go with I'll go with your memory because that was that was a pretty good good memory because you did so well that night. Yeah, that was. I, I feel like you're a cheaping out on me. I'm not trying to cheap out on you. I'm just trying to remember now what other. Actually, the the first time, the first time that we were in the Littleton Opera House together, w- w- with you being my valet. I can't remember who the hell I wrestled, but I just remember. But you just remember how good I looked. Yes. No, I, I want to say, was it Julian Starr? Were you, you were with me for that, right? I think so. Was I wearing the red corset? You're going to ask me what you were wearing. I don't know what you were wearing. <laughs> That's enough. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, I want to say it was, that might've been the, the first time you were valeting for me in the Littleton Opera House. And the reason why that that one is special to me is because that building was one of my favorite to wrestle in. I loved that building. I, I still love did. that building. It was just, I had so many great memories there just, you know, before you and I were together of wrestling in that building. It's just, it's a, it's a really cool, intimate atmosphere. The fans feel like they're right, right on top of you because there's a balcony and everything. The balcony's almost right above the ring. Uh, and the acoustics in that place. I mean, it's an opera house. The acoustics are fantastic. So you could have 50 people in there. It sounded like 5,000. It was just awesome. If they were loud and into it, it was just a great atmosphere. And I remember being really excited to have you be a part of it too, just because I'd been, I'd wrestled there so many times before. And then coming out together for that match, uh, that was that was pretty cool. It was pretty special. And I remember wrestling with uh julian and i don't know why but for whatever reason that night because he and i never wrestled before i I remember just saying i and if julian listens to this he can correct me if i'm wrong and i apologize if i'm misremembering but i remember telling him well i'll just we'll just call it in the ring just listen to me we'll call it in the ring and i remember us having a pretty decent match and it being really remember him coming to the back after and be like that was really easy thank you and just thanking me and stuff and we had, we had a pretty good match, and I think we just, yeah, I just told him to listen to me, and I called it all in the ring. And, yeah, it ended up being pretty good, but I just remember that being the first match that you and I were together, you know, in in wrestling. In and, Littleton. In Littleton, yeah. And Aww. So, yeah, I really, yeah, if, if anybody listening has seen professional wrestling live at the Littleton Opera House, you know what I'm talking about. Great building, just yeah. a fun, fun atmosphere. I love that building. I just wish it wasn't so far away. Yeah, I know, I know. It's what? What is it? Two hours from us? About, about yeah, a two about hour two drive. Hours. Yeah, yeah. But, but I used to love our road trips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> driving ro- to shows. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. I never thought I'd say that, but I was actually uh, taking a car ride today for some business, and I was by myself. But I'm on my way down to my destination. I rem- I was thinking about road trips and how I kind of miss ro- wrestling road trips. Just being in the car with a couple of the guys. And just be bullshitting, telling stories, bitching about stuff, you know, whatever the stuff the guys do in, in the car. And I just remember being like, you know, I never thought I would get to the point where I'm like, I kind of miss road trips, but I do. I kind of miss road trips. And you want to talk about Puerto Rico? It, it, this actually kind of it fits. Uh, one of the one of the things, one of my fondest memories about Puerto Rico was the road trips, because you're on an island, and it would take I don't know give or take about four, four and a half, five hours, give or take half hour to an hour to go from one side of the island to the other. Now it's not a huge island, but there's parts of it where it's, the roads are just horrible. Well, I remember it would always be when I was in Puerto Rico, it was myself. I was living with Steve uh, Bradley and uh, it would always be us. And this, uh, the kids, his name was Andre and he was a, he was a giant. He was like seven two or seven three. He, his was, name was Andre, it, it, and he was well, a giant. Well, <laughs> that was his name. Was Andre? I forget what his work name was. I don't remember his wrestling name, which is 
terrible. But I, that's seriously like that's how I am. I I know people by their real names, and a lot of guys I don't remember their working names. I just know them by their real names. So I I know we used to call him Dre. Just that's what he liked being called Dre, and he was he was Canadian. He was from Canada. But yeah, his name was Andre, and he was legit. I mean, he wasn't like enormous, like a giant, but he was tall. You know, he's like seven two, I think, and not wrestling seven two, like a legit seven two. Like he was enormous. I came up to like below his waist. <laughs> he was he was huge, but like the nicest guy. And we would always be in the car together. And I remember every road trip we'd take because there's there's tolls everywhere in Puerto Rico. I don't know if it's still like that. Now this is back in. 2001 2002 so it could be it could have changed by then so anybody that's listening that's been to puerto rico since then and it's different i apologize this is back when i was there okay there was tolls everywhere and i don't remember how much the tolls were but dre had these bags of change and coffee cans of just change like he'd collect all his change and we'd get up to the toll and steve would always be driving he he always had to be the driver and we'd get up to the toll, and Dre would just take a fucking handful of change, pennies, dimes, quarters, nickels, whatever it was, and just take a handful. Wouldn't count it. Just take a handful, toss it into the thing, and <laughs> Steve would race through. <laughs> and, and you know, whether the light went green or red, it didn't matter. He'd just toss in all the change. Never got pulled over. Nothing ever happened. I think it's because he was probably overpaying. I don't know. <laughs> but I just remember that that's like a vivid memory that I have was every road trip, you'd have to hit the toll, and that would be the big fucking Dre reaching across Steve, who's driving, and, you know, tossing all this, this big handful of change into the uh, into the toll bucket. So, yeah, it was just funny. And I remember one trip, when I first, first got down there, it was probably my second week there, right before I'd left for Puerto Rico, my brother had gotten me a baseball hat. It was like an Adidas baseball cap, and it had... Like, you couldn't tell it was Adidas unless you looked on the inside where the label was because it was just a small little lowercase a on the front of it. So I guess I guess you, if you knew that was the Adidas symbol, but didn't have, like, the three lines, you know, like the Adidas insignia has mm-hmm. or whatever. And I remember it was just this black hat with the white little A on the front, and my brother got it for me because my name's Alex and, you know, Arion, whatever. So he got me this hat, and he's like, I, it's Adidas, but you know, I just... Thought it'd be cool, and I was like, "Oh, thanks, man." It was like, for it just meant a lot to me because it was from my brother. My brother's younger than I am, but he gave it to me right before I left for Puerto Rico, and I got really attached to this hat because, again, it's a memory from home. I was young, you know, away from home, missing my family and everything. And I remember getting out on the uh, side of the road. We pulled over to for a for a, a bathroom break, if you will, and you just went on the side of the road in Puerto Rico. There was no rest stops or anything. Or at least there wasn't on this stretch of road. We all had to go really bad after a show. And so I get out, and I I start to go to the bathroom. We get back in the car to leave, and my window was down, and Steve fucking took off. Like I don't know if he was trying to cut off a or, or get out in front of traffic or what, but when he took off, my hat flew off my head and went out the window, and I was, I was like, oh, shit, can, can, we got to stop. I got to get my hat. And he didn't hear me, and he kept going. And go, and I'm like, Steve, you got to stop. I got I to gotta get my hat. And he's like, what? And by this point, we're far away, you know, and there's whatever, tons of traffic, and, and, and we just want to get the fuck home. But I was pissed. He, wouldn't, he didn't want to stop. And Dre's like, no, fuck it. Just get another one. Who cares? And I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and explain the, the sentimental value that this hat has to me, you know. But um, I remember just being like, oh, fuck, like, my brother got me that hat. That hat meant a lot to me, and it's somewhere in Puerto Rico still, if it's still, if it hasn't disintegrated yet. <laughs> but, uh, that story upset me. No, I'm not trying to upset you, but it's just that these are, these are road trip memories that you, you said Puerto Rico memories. And being this in the is vehicle just, with someone being an asshole. No, I know, it wasn't being no, an no, asshole. He was, he he wasn't, no, he wasn't being an asshole. He didn't know. He didn't know. I told him later. I told him later, like, when we got back to the apartment, I'm like, dude, that, like, because he could tell I was bummed. He's like, what's the matter? Like, what are you so bummed about? I'm like, he's like, we'll get you another hat. I'm like, yeah, but the, my brother got me that hat. And I did, I, we did go to the store and we did try looking and we couldn't find it anywhere. Couldn't, could, I never could find that style hat again. It was weird. But, uh, yeah, so. So if you're in Puerto Rico and you come <laughs> across this hat, please send it back to us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Now you're jumping into road trips in Puerto Rico. 
but why don't you share with everyone how you actually got to Puerto Rico? And obviously we know by a plane, but <laughs> tell us the story yeah. behind it all. Airplane. Um, well, you no, didn't I, swim? <laughs> no, no. I, I took a boat. I rode, rode a boat there. Yeah, no. Um, Steve was down there. Steve Bradley, was a, he was a developmental uh, WWE talent. So he was a contracted WWE developmental guy. Um, and they had sent him to Memphis first, and then from Memphis he went to Puerto Rico. So while he was in Memphis, he got me booked in Memphis, and at the time WWE had a developmental thing going there, and then I can't remember if they had switched at that point. They may have pulled out of Memphis, and my timeline might be a little bit off there, but for whatever reason, they didn't send him to Louisville or to Ohio at the time. They sent him to Puerto Rico. They wanted him to work down there and get some seasoning down there, whatever, whatever their reasoning was. And so anywhere Steve went, he would always, he'd get down there, get himself over, and then he would get me in because he wanted, you know, I was his friend, but he knew that I could, he knew that I was, that I was, wasn't going to make him look bad. So he wanted to get me in so I could get experience. And, And if I got a break, great. If not, at least I had the experience and it, you know, it was just something else to add to my resume. So, uh, yeah, he, he's the one that got me down into Puerto Rico. He was working for the IWA, which was, I believe it stood for International Wrestling Alliance or Association. See, I'm horrible with that stuff. Like, I knew WWE, WCW, ECW. That's what I knew at the time because that's what was around. I didn't, you know, other local promotions, it becomes, after a while, it becomes what I like to call alphabet soup, but that's not my term. It's a term I've heard a lot of people use because everybody's got, you know, the three letter initials of their promotion. After a while, it was, I, I knew promotions by the promoter or the people that were running them. It wasn't, oh, I'm, I'm wrestling for PFWC or what, you know what I mean? It wasn't that. It was, oh, I'm going to wrestle for Jim Kettner in Delaware. It wasn't ECWA. That, that's one that I actually remember. But I, I don't know what it, that stands for. So it was IWA uh, Puerto Rico was the name of the promotion. And it was Victor Quinones that was running it, and he owned it. And I believe he was Gorilla Monsoon's son. That was the word on the street. It was a kind of a hush-hush kayfabe. Kayfabe for you non-wrestling fans, is it's, it was a secret. It wasn't supposed to be known. So Steve gets me down there, and he told me, he's like, you're probably going to get over with Victor. I said, uh, okay. He's like, Victor's gay. I'm like, oh, great, okay. He's like, so you're, you, you're young, you're a good-looking kid, you're in shape, you'll probably get over, you'll pro- he'll probably give you a push. I was like, all right, well, uh, that's great. I said, but I hope he doesn't expect anything, because he's like, no, 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 don't worry about that. Then what does him being gay have to do with anything? Uh, again. Like, why bother say it? Like, I, who cares? I, listen, I'm telling you how it was. This was 20 years ago. So anybody that gets offended or shut up. This was 20 years ago. This is just what was going on at the time, okay? So, yeah, he, he tells me that. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I just want to work, you know? And Savio Vega was actually the booker at the time, too. So, anyway, Steve, you know, gets gets me down there and... I could not be Alex Arion, which I don't know if a lot of people know this because, again, I don't I don't know how. Have I told you this before? I wasn't Alex Arion in Puerto Rico? Yeah, you told me. Oh, okay, so you knew this. All right. I was actually, I had to pick a different name because two weeks before I got there, another guy had just left, and his name was Alex Roma. He was a kid from Connecticut, and I believe he was trained by Paul Roma. But he wasn't, they weren't related or anything like that, but he used his name, his last name, to make a name for himself, get booked, and whatever. And he had just left, and I guess he had heat. I don't know what the heat was. I, maybe it didn't have heat. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they didn't want me using the name Alex because he was just there, and he had just left. I think he left abruptly, too. So maybe there was heat over that or something. I don't know. Again, I could be wrong about the heat. Maybe the guy didn't have any heat. I don't know. But regardless, he was there. His name was Alex Roma. He was there before me, so they didn't want to have another Alex so soon after him. I was like, okay. All my fucking wrestling gear had 
two A's on it, or I had gear that said Alex on it, or I had uh, I had like one pair of gear that had just Arion on it. So I was like, okay, all right, uh, that's fine. They're like you could be Arion, just you gotta have a different name. It's like okay. Uh, so I'm trying to think. I'm like, who the fuck? What the? I don't know. Like this is this is my name. This is what I've been this is what I've been wrestling the past so couple of years as. You wouldn't just go with Aleko. No, no. I, you know, that's an obvious one. <laughs> Aleko is Alex in Greek. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think that ever crossed my mind for whatever. I know, it's obvious. It's right there. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, Savio Vega looked at me and he goes, "Ah, oh, you're, uh, you're, you look like a Chris. Yeah, today you're Chris Arion. You're Chris Arion." I'm like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. Whatever. I don't care what my name is. I just want to wrestle. <laughs> so it's fine. So I was Chris Arion, but it was C R I S because it had to be the the Puerto Rican way of spelling it or whatever is how it was explained to me. So I said, okay, that's that's fine. No problem. So I was Chris Arion. I was the golden Greek Chris Arion. That's why you should, you know, you like, should have had right. me back then. I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> so many less problems. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. It was just, it was just different. That's all. It was More just convenient. different. It was just different. So yeah, that's how I got down there. And I was a baby face. I was a good guy. And... Down in Puerto Rico, you have separate locker rooms. So most of the buildings they ran were like soccer stadiums because soccer is a big sport down there, or was at the time. Again, I'm speaking in 20 years ago uh, terms. I, I, I don't know how it is down there now. So if, I'm, if that's not how it is, I apologize. But soccer was big. It could still be, whatever. All the shows were in soccer stadiums. That's where they ran. And you, they would run seven days a week. So we were wrestling every day. And there were some times where we wrestled twice on Sunday. Like you'd go to like a matinee Sunday show and then an evening show in, in a different part of the island. So we were wrestling every day, which was fucking awesome. For a young kid like me who, this is what, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to be. It was great. Invaluable experience. Just amazing experience. The first night I get there, my first night in, we're in Carolina, which is one of the bigger cities. Uh, Car- yeah, I, I want to say that's how you say it, Carolina, but it's spelled like Carolina. Like we have North and South Carolina, it's, but it's Carolina is how you say it in Puerto Rico. And we were at a soccer stadium down there. I go, we, we get to the building and Steve, Steve and Dre, you know, this is the first time I met Dre too, was on the car ride to the, to the show. And they're both like, all right, well, you got to go that way. We're going this way. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> and like, oh, it's separate locker rooms. Like, so you're going to be with the baby faces and and, Steve, and we're going to be over here. And Steve's like, yeah, you're, you're on your own. I'm like, oh, all right. I, I was, I was like a little shocked because I didn't realize, oh, I thought, oh, fuck. All right. It's not, not like it is back home. Right. So, I go into the the babyface locker room. I see Savio, who I'd met previously because we we went into the uh, Steve had taken me to the IWA offices when I first got there, and uh, I'd met him there. So I saw him. I said, "Hey, Savio, how you doing?" He's like, "Chris, how you doing?" Fuck, Savio's an awesome guy. So he nothing but awesome things to say about him. He was always a really really cool guy. He tells me he's like, "All right." So uh, tonight you're wrestling. Uh, you're gonna be the tag team. You're res- you're with this kid over here, and he and he pulls me off to the side, and he's got his arm around me. And he's telling me he's like, "This kid, he's fucking green." I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm fucking green. <laughs> like I'm new. Like I'm you know I'm me only a year, like a year, a year and a half in the business. I'm I'm green. Like uh, you know, but you never you never say that. But that's what I'm thinking to myself. And he's like, so. It's his, uh, it's his first match. I'm like, oh, good, great, his first match. I'm not saying this, but I'm like, okay, that's fine, you know. But in my head, I'm like, oh, great, I'm f- awesome, great, great first night in, Al. You know, you're you're fucked. <laughs> and he says, and he's he's the shits. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, now, hey, that's hey, that's all right. We all gotta start somewhere. He's like, no, no, no. He's the drizzling shits. I'm like, okay, all right. Look how much he he had faith in you uh, to have you go. Either that him. or it was a rib. I don't know. Either way, it was great. <laughs> Could be. He, 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 and that, that's not even the kicker. The best part is, he goes. So uh, I got you guys. You're gonna be. You're on second, and you're wrestling. And I'm sorry for my horrible Savio impersonation and accent. It's terrible. Uh, 
you're wrestling with Taka and Hito. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, Taka and Hito. I'm like, who the f- I don't I don't know who he's talking about. Because I haven't seen the lineup yet. But, you know, he just told me. And then, and then he goes and he took, you know, walk away. He's like, all right, thank you, thank you. We need about eight minutes, you know, have the, have the heels over and, uh, you know, whatever. You, 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 do, you, you do a good job. You, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'm like, all right, man. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Savio. Thank you very much. He walks away. And then he, he, as he's walking away, he stops. And I'm going to turn around. He come, tur- stops him. So he turns around and comes back over. And he goes, oh, oh, Arion, Arion, Chris, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? How's it going? The kid doesn't speak any English. <laughs> I go, what? And there's goes, the kicker. He goes, your partner, no English. I'm like, all right. Okay. Does he speak Greek? <laughs> so here I am, my first night in, completely fucking new to i haven't met anybody except for the booker which you know you you obviously want to be on his good side and know who he is and i'm in a tag team so i can't stand on my own here and prove myself you know based on just my own ability i gotta rely on somebody else but that somebody else is having his first match is really 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 shitty according to what the booker just told me and he doesn't speak english awesome all right good stuff so I go over and I look at the lineup and I see I'm on second. I see you know, my, my partner's name. I, sorry, bless him, but I can't remember his name. And, and I only saw him that one show. I never saw him again. So I presume he didn't have a good experience or they just he really was so bad they didn't want to have him back. I don't know. But I saw who Taka and Hito were. I should have known when he told me you're wrestling Taka. He was talking about Taka Michinoku, who was a WWF guy at the time, and Bad Boy Hido, who was from the FMW promotion in Japan. And then that's when it clicked for me. I was like, oh, shit. So my first night in, I've got a tag partner who's the shit, who doesn't speak any English, and I'm wrestling a WWF guy. Awesome. Great. Wonderful. I'm like, I'm, I'm so fucked. You know, that's, that's what, <laughs> the face you make when you do that, it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm fucked. But then I just had to kind of, you know, I went over, tried, I introduced myself to my tag partner. Again, I, I bless him, but I don't remember his name. And it was just kind of like, hi, uh, Alex, me and you tonight. I'm, I'm motioning to Monique as if she's the kid. But, you know, I was just like, me and you tonight, pointing to him, pointing to myself tagging and uh i was trying i was again i don't speak spanish there was nobody in the locker room who could translate no 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 or i'm sure there was but i again i'm new i i I went around and introduced myself to everybody everybody was really nice but again i'm I'm new i'm not gonna be like hey can you translate for me i I don't know the etiquette down there yet because every locker room's got their own etiquette you know i did the the Universal etiquette is to go introduce yourself, you know, wherever you are, if you're new somewhere, not even just wrestling. But, yeah, I didn't really want to, I didn't want to, you know, first night in, hey, can you come translate for me? You know, I didn't want to do that. So, we we talk a little bit, whatever, and I don't know if he understood me. I didn't understand anything he was saying. He was trying to motion to me, and it was kind of sort of making sense. But, I, I mean, all I all I knew all, all that I had to know was that uh, you're my partner. We're wrestling these two guys. They're going over. We have eight minutes. That's that. I mean, if you're if you're a competent pro wrestler, that's really all you need to know. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's like that so much anymore. But mm-hmm. that's kind of how it used to be. Anyway, we're on second match. One starts. The, you know, the night starts, and I found out the way they communicated finishes was through the referees. So the referees, and again, I'm exposing the business here big time, but referees obviously are impartial, so they could go between locker rooms. And if you had an idea for a spot or anything like that, you didn't go over it ahead of time in the in the ring like guys do now. They didn't have rehearsals or anything like that. You would tell the ref, and the ref would go to the other locker room and tell the guys, you know, whoever was involved in your match, and then would go back. So it was kind of like a relay back and forth. Now, I could only imagine how many spots would get messed up being lost in translation going for, you know, it's kind of like playing that game of telephone, right? 
so match one hits the ring, and there's no uh, one of the refs comes back and says, Takahiro running late. They're not here yet. Okay. So I'm just like, great, great. Does that mean we're getting bummed? Like, what's what's going on? And Savio comes comes in a couple minutes later. He's like, we're moving into match three. Match three. They're, they're in traffic. They'll be here. They're almost here. Okay. You know, delaying my my fate. <laughs> uh, so match two gets in the ring. They switch around the card. Match two gets in the ring. Savio comes in again. We're moving into match four. Match four. They're not here yet. They're not here yet. Okay. No problem. Match three in the ring. Still not there yet. We're moving into match five. So I'm just thinking at this point, okay, maybe they're maybe they're just not coming. Like I don't I don't know what's going on. I'm new. I don't. Oh, you guys are main event, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Spoiler. That's not how the story ends. Thankfully, <laughs> although that would have been something, right? <laughs> uh, so during match four, all of a sudden you hear the arena just boos, like really loud boos, and the place it wasn't full, but it was. It had a decent amount of people, and there was probably, I want to say eight, 900 people in like a 2,000-seat building, so it wasn't full, but it was a good amount of people, not bad, for, I think it was like a Thursday night we were there, or something like that, and and the pe- people just start booing like crazy, like the place is like rumbling with booze, so I, kinda, I look out, because there was like a little sp- spot where you could look out, and I couldn't see the ring from where I was, but you could see the people. I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? So I kind of look out, and you could see the fucking Japanese flag walking, you know, by the through the people. And it was it was Taka and Hito showing up, and they had their flag and everything. And they walk in and go into the to the other locker room. So like, oh, okay, well they're here. So I guess we're gonna have our match. And yeah, we, you know, we get I get introduced. I come out. I'm trying to fire up. You know, people doing my baby face shtick where I'd come out and just clapping my hands and you know, screaming and yelling. Nobody knows who the fuck I am, of course, because it's my first night in. haven't been on TV, nothing. And the kid just kind of walked out behind me and was just kind of walking with his hands to his side. And I remember, I remember the kid, he was he was a good-looking kid, and he was really put together. Like he was, a, he was in shape. He was a big, jacked-up kid, real good shape. And people didn't really react to him either. But again... His first night in, my first night in, I'm trying to get a reaction from the people. He's not doing anything because he's so new, probably nervous as shit, just like I am. But I'm trying to hide it. And so I get in the ring, and then Taka and Hito get introduced. Huge heat, like booed like crazy. People don't like them, which is, makes makes it easier when the people are so into at least one of you. <laughs> so... We we tie up and I, I I start the match I start with Taka so we tie up and I we 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 lock up and uh, while we're in the lockup I go Taka Alex Ari- oh, or, I'm sorry Taka Chris Arion nice to meet you he goes oh Taka Mishinoku nice to meet you and then I just whipped him off the ropes he tackled me and we went into a spot we did we did what's called an international which is tackle drop down hip toss arm drag that's what we did. And it was just kind of one of those, it was just natural. And, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say this on putting me over because it definitely wasn't me. I wasn't, but Taka, so experienced and just the way he moved, it was so easy to read his language, his body language. Again, he's Japanese, but it was so easy to read his, his movements, his body language, and everything that it was easy to follow him. So I wasn't doing any leading, but I could follow him real easy. He made it real, real easy. And, they had this spot that they did, and I'm pretty sure he probably still does it because he's still wrestling, where the, his partner would put you in a full Nelson, and he would hit the ropes and drop kick you in the face. That was like, I don't know if that was their finish or not, but it was one of their signature spots that they did. And I remember always thinking when I would watch it on TV, like, oh, that looks like fucking stiff. That looks like potato. And... When we were when we were you know doing our spots and wrestling and stuff, and Hito was awesome too. He was really you the, with these guys. They were so good, you didn't feel a thing. They were so good. They were so light. Everything you didn't feel a damn thing. And I remember tagging my partner in, and they did maybe one or two things with him, and it was bad. Like he couldn't he couldn't he wasn't taking care of them at all. And I remember them just throwing him to me and and just talking to me like stay in stay in. No problem. So it, I I worked the rest of the match with them, and I ended up 
getting put in the full Nelson and taking the drop kick. And I remember thinking, oh, this is gonna this is gonna suck. Like this is gonna like everything else has been great. This is gonna suck. And I remember just kind of bracing for it and getting ready for it. I didn't feel a thing. Didn't feel a thing. I'm like, wow, okay. These guys are fucking good. And I just remember that being just what an experience, right? Like, what an experience. Like, they couldn't trade that for anything, you know? Couldn't, couldn't put a price tag on an experience like that because that that right there, that's the kind of stuff that I think is missing nowadays. Like, guys, just that kind of stuff doesn't really happen so much anymore because everybody gets to the building early and goes over their match and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's how you get good. You got to go in and you got to just do it in front of people and, not be afraid to fail. You just got to kind of go in and feel it, feel it with somebody that's knows what they're doing. You know, that's how you get good. But that was my first night in Puerto Rico. That was my first night. It got better after that. And I mean, honestly, with all the factors and all the variables that were put into that match, it actually ended up being pretty good. And I remember Savio coming to me after thanking me, thanking me for taking care of the kid, telling me he, he was the shits, huh? And I was like, no, he wasn't that bad. I'm trying to be political and trying to be nice and everything. He's like, oh no, brother, he was the shits. <laughs> and I was, and I was like, no, 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 he was, he was all right. He was all right. He's like, good job, Ariel. Good job. Good job. Good job. I'm like, all right, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, just being being yeah. professional. But yeah, that was that was my first night in. And uh, Steve afterwards, again, he gave me a compliment and told me he's like. It was, you kind of got tossed in the deep end tonight, huh? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, a little bit. Could have given me a little bit of a heads up. He's like, it's the only way you're going to learn. I'm like, no, you're right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tough love. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, that's... For anybody that ever says Alex was good at wrestling or whatever, like I've had a couple of close friends tell me that, and, and I appreciate it. That's the only reason I was good is because I had these experiences and I actually made the most of them. Yeah, I had a best friend that was there, and, and he obviously gave me opportunity and took care of me and stuff, but he didn't baby me at all. He he opened the door, and I walked through it, you know, and I made the most of every opportunity that I got. So, but yeah, that was that was my that was my first night in, so it was, it was pretty crazy. I just looked at the time, too. We're, we're over an hour in. Really? Yeah. Oh, so time you, when you're having fun. <laughs> well... I hope you're having fun. I, I feel I, I always feel weird talking about this kind of stuff because I I don't know I don't like to I don't know, I'm weird about telling stories like well, this. Well, that's why I like us doing this podcast because you never talk about these awesome stories, and I feel like more people need to hear this stuff. Okay. So I basically yeah. force you to do it in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I I tell you what, why don't we? Do you want to keep going or I mean we're over an hour in so but there's so many great stories like just hearing about the fans in Puerto Rico and how crazy they are you mentioned in a previous episode how you were involved in a riot at a show that was in Puerto Rico yeah we're just getting to the good stuff but I guess we can make people wait yeah I think we should make people wait for for more stories from Puerto Rico and and other places yes yeah we're gonna make you wait Okay, it'll yeah. be good. It'll be worth it. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. I mean, I, I have fun, t- re- you know, remembering and, and telling these stories. And I love hearing these stories. I, I'm I'm glad. That's good. That makes yeah. That's good. It makes at least one person out there that does. Uh, but if you like what you hear, uh, please tell a friend. Tell a friend. If you got if you got any wrestling fan friends out there, uh, tell them. Tell them to give us a, a subscribe and and listen. And uh, rate us on iTunes because that helps us grow our audience and it makes it easier for people to find our show. We do this because we we love to do it. We love spending time together, but we love spending time creating for the audience. Yeah. So, yeah, please go ahead and subscribe, listen, tell a friend, rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you heard today, let us know about it. You can follow us on Twitter. At HomewreckerPod. See us on Instagram. Homewrecker Podcast. Or visit our website. www.homewreckerpodcast.com. Yeah, so definitely hit us up on any of those platforms. We love to interact with our audience. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, and we, we appreciate your support. That we do. So, until next time, I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and I've been joined by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous amazing fantastic 
tremendous, <laughs> lovely, did I say lovely already? That's okay. Keep uh. going. <laughs> My trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast on the Wiretap Radio Network. <laughs>